0: Hey, this is Mick Jones, a foreigner, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popov. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again, Martin Popoff back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. Uh, We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, available on Spotify, iTunes, Megaphone, Podbay, Over forty podcast platforms. All right. So this episode um my favorite episodes to do are the ones where I go I can't believe I haven't done an episode on this before. So this is this is one of those. So it's it's kind of a kind of a fun one for me because it's it's driving home the point with a hammer about uh, about a concept I've always talked about and never really had, you know, the space to articulate. It's always like a, in quick conversation or whatever. Um so yes, this episode we are calling this Smarty pants metal. All right. So, um, you've all heard the term smarmy smarminess. Um, little do you know that that term derives from drunken metal heads at a show shouting to each other about what kind of metal they like and uh, the fact that they like smarty pants metal. Now, um, of course, I'm kidding about that, but uh, but it's a nice image, you know, pick pick whatever you like. I mean, I'm not going to tell you the bands we're going to talk about, but say say you're at an enslaved concert or something. Right. Or a, or a Stephen Wilson concert or whatever. Um, and um, and and basically, you know, you can you can, you know, envision total musicologists, total music snobs, but who like the heavier end of things. Obviously, Stephen Wilson's more of a prog band, but, uh, but uh, you know, drunken, drunkenly saying smarty pants metal and coming up with smarminess or whatever. Anyways, so, but I, I'm, I'm saying this to make a point um, because, you know, obviously it's a bit of a derisive term saying smarty pants metal and calling a band smarmy is a li- is is derisive. Um, you know, a lighter version of that is the term self-aware. Now, these bands we're going to talk about, I feel, have a certain level of self-awareness. And what I mean by that is uh, it's a little bit like when I go back to, um, you know, I get a lot of complaints for this, but when I go back to the transition from Black Sabbath of technical ecstasy and never say die into the Black Sabbath of heaven and hell, I feel like some of the the artistry, the creativity, the fearlessness. Definitely the fearlessness is lost as Black Sabbath becomes kind of very self-aware of what they're supposed to do. And, uh, and you know, Ronnie's lyrics versus Geezer's lyrics. Um, it's just a little more how do, how do we make a metal album sort of thing? obviously Heaven and hell' is an amazing album um but and and it's amazing also because it it does cut out a bunch of the fat and and it and the band is more self aware because being self aware means also you're more aware um of what the fans want maybe uh, uh or aware of of how to spend this forty minutes or whatever so anyways uh that's that's gonna come up as as we talk about this um also this came up because of, um, I've been going on Pete Pardo's sea of tranquility a lot lately. And, uh, and we did a show about underrated bands and this, you know, we, we, you know, put ourselves into pretzels coming up with, uh, you know, a, a deeper, more substantive definition of what underrated is. But yet when all the comments came back, thousands of comments came back, I believe, um, or at least many hundreds of them, um, basically as Pete says, you know, him and I were talking privately, and we just threw our hands up and said, you know, people started naming every band that never made it big, right? Um, so so it wasn't really going to our definition of underrated, and I want to talk about underrated as we talk about some of these bands, because being smarty pants metal kind of means that you're really smart, and you're and you're literally kind of like geniuses at doing this, um, so so there's good and there's bad. But you're also smarty pants. You're also you're also like, hey, kind of look at me, look at look at how amazingly smart we are, um, and some of these bands. Um, have various levels of being what I call, what I would call underrated, meaning, you know, commercially, you know, these guys could have been bigger. I could see, I could see casual music fans loving this stuff and, and, you know, not necessarily needing the smarty pants metal part of it. Um, and other ones, I, I figure, you know, they they are so dedicated to, to being pretty obscure that they're, they are doomed to only have a certain level of success. Um, so we're going to talk about Underrated a little bit. So Underrated is kind of a subset or sub-narrative of this episode, but it's not the whole thing. All right, so let's kick this off. Um, because this is called History in Five Songs, I picked bands... That are fairly old, but not really all that old. And I, I do want to make a point of why they're not older than they are. Anyways, let's let's play the music first and we'll and we'll get into that part of it. Take a listen to this. This is King's X with the world around me. <laughs> All right. So King's X, I picked something from, I guess this is their fourth album, 1992, the self-titled album. I love this song, kickoff song of the album. Um, but to me, King's X are a band that fits in this smarty pants metal thing. And what, and, and to, to, you know, to, to build on, to put some flesh on the bones of this definition of this stupid term I'm using, um, music fans could really love this band. Um, they're are a complicated band. They've got weird tunings, um, crazy chord changes, a lot of prog to them. They're a they're a mixed race band. You've got Doug in there, he's even gay, um, but you've got Doug in there with his kind of black, soulful uh vocals, you've got Ty in there with the with the kind of like light melodic Beatles-esque end of it on the vocals he's the guitarist you've got jerry they're a trio they've been the same lineup ever since very prolific band um but yes music snobs can love them musicologists whatever you want to call them fans of smarty pants metal can love them i love them um because i'm all those things um but basically um you know, t- to me, to me, this is a band that is very underrated and we included it in in our episode of that because I, I, I my main argument is I, I can play King's X album and I can hear like five songs that could be smashed top 10 singles every time Um, they're just they're just that good and that accessible, despite the cool oddness to what they do, uh, you know, and I got to say. So, so I, I put them here because they're kind of the earliest of all the ones we're going to talk about, but I got to say that, you know, bands like rush or dream theater don't really fit this definition of smarty pants metal per, in particular, because this is not really about just being a progressive metal band, you know, a band that are, uh, virtuosos and geniuses and, 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 you know, craft long albums with, with, you know, lofty lyrical concepts. It's not just about that, um but um but but i feel like okay the reason it's not about that so this is kind of the the interesting point here um or i find it interesting it's it's the idea that when you are truly a smarty pants you actually have really really good taste in music and and you know it's arguable it's a little more arguable uh, you know the bands we're going to talk about here are cool bands right dream theater is not a cool band rush in certain ways is not a cool band, right? That, you know, there's, there's certain kind of like, oh, you know, if, if you think Pet Sounds is the greatest album of all time, you're not going to like Rush, right? But if you think Pet Sounds is great and you know, you know what uh, pretty, pretty things SF Sorrow is and <laughs> whatever, you, you love, uh, you love King Crimson Red or all that, you know, you're cool. You're a music snob and you will let, like, you will be able to like these bands. So, so there's, there's kind of a, kind of a, partitioning off a little bit here um because it 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 really is a a little bit like um when you have really rarefied tastes that nobody can attack at all um these are the kinds of bands you can like hence they're more smarty pants than dream theater okay that's that's kind of my point here now one other thing i want to say uh, while we're in this early juncture so we're in this 1992 period is that you know, I I feel that Kings X is underrated in a way because if you think about it, Soundgarden, another Smarty Pants metal band, um, Soundgarden are actually an even less commercially potentially viable band than Kings X doing a similar sort of thing. And the Soundgarden guys all thought Kings X were were awesome, right? Um, you know, they're just they're just this great band of complication and accessibility at the same time. But I find it funny, you know, Soundgarden is a multi-platinum band. Kings X is not. Um uh you know, much, much smaller band. And yet, you know, you you play the catalog start to finish, and you know, King's X is more about a bunch of short songs in a row, better production throughout, um, less weirdness, less dirt. Um less less swoopy peaks and valleys and and I think the, the the totally commercial things Kings X might do like a summerland or whatever almost everything Kings X does basically everything Kings X does that's super commercial I don't even think is any less commercial than Soundgarden's smash hits whether they're the hard rock songs or the ballads or the prog songs or the or the more grungy songs like Spoonman or whatever so that's that's kind of a funny thing about this um I really, I really think Soundgarden are a smarty pants metal band and in somewhat in the same orbit as King's X, but actually less commercially viable on paper than King's X is. All right. So let's move on. Um, let's let's listen to our number two here. So this is Big Elf with Incredible Time Machine. Okay. So here we have another, um, situation where this one actually fits a little bit in the King's X camp and not nothing else we're going to talk about here does, um, Big Elf's a funny band an LA band. Again, one of these bands that if you're a total musicologist, a music fan, a fan of sounds, right? This is a band that, you know, recording techniques, using old gear, um, you know, referencing you know obscure psych records um being very beatlesque being a little stoner rock as well um a lot of things going on with this band um but again it's a tour de force of smarty pants metal ideas like this idea of being um you know if if you were a you if you were a total music snob uh yeah a total music snob and you liked heavy music and you loved you know 70s classic rock particularly the heavy end of it this is the kind of band you would draw up in a proposal sitting around a corporate table kind of thing um so so that's that's the smarminess the the self-awareness aspect of big elf but the funny thing so it's it's odd like they've, they've only made four records um Four full-length albums. They've got some EPs, but they are associated with people like Linda Perry and Sylvia Massey. And even on this record, this is their last record into the maelstrom. Um, Mike Portnoy, guests on drums. Like Mike is the ultimate music fan, super music snob. You know, he were, you know, I, I don't want to use that negatively, but he's he's all over the place. He loves music, he has an insatiable appetite for curiosity, creativity, getting things done, playing. Um, so he's, he's playing in, played in so many different situations. He's obviously one of the greatest drummers of all time, um, but here he is putting his stamp of approval on this band, you know, with the wink, wink, the the private, the the gas, the gaslighting, dog whistle idea that we all know who the cool bands are, and Big Elf is one of those. So, um, so yeah, so what you get with Big Elf is this idea of um, they're almost like a psych version of Uriah Heap, like a like a really bells and whistles, a lot of features, um, a lot of ear candy. Interesting sounds, you know, complicated, complicated production, but they're also smarmy and smart enough to realize that you don't overdo it on production and you keep it kind of raw and seventy. So it's not it's not super processed or computery, but just they they just have a lot of bells and whistles basically. So it 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 sounds like um a harder version, like like a little bit of Sabbath, a little bit of uh Heap, Psych, a lot of Beatles who is this sounding like it's sounding like king's x but king's x is actually more king's x is more actually singular and unique in their sound big elf is like a big gumbo of all these things a super music snob would love um so that's what you get with these guys and um you know uh i mean they they've had a lot of lineup changes and stuff you you don't really see them around a lot but you know uh, they've they've gone out on tour and they've been they've been with the likes of um opeth they played with zappa play zappa they've played with clutch um so you know they it's it's obvious they're 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 part of the league right they're they're part of the uh secret cabal of smarty pants metal bands um and yeah they they do remind me that king's x thing but even the extended family of galactic cowboys and atomic opera um so, you know, and and a little bit, you know, I wanted to bring up the uh, the word or the band name Wolfmother in this in this case because there's a little bit of um, you know Wolfmother is this one kind of like stoner rock band that was quote unquote allowed to survive, right? They're the one that was pushed up from from the bottom throughout through all those retro rock bands. Um, you know, for various reasons. Good songwriting. They're from Australia. They're a trio. The lead singer, dude, I can't remember his name, but he, he kind of looked kind of distinct. Um but, uh, but there's a little bit of wolf mother to this band uh, as well. And, and this is everybody's love of, um, of Sabbath and, and, the, and the doom, you know, that caused a whole genre to come up, this, this whole stoner rock thing. Um, so yeah, there you go they had uh, they had what money machine hex uh cheat the gallows in in o eight uh, this into the maelstrom was uh may of twenty fourteen so six years ago, um, but really cool band um, but they really personify this idea of you you get a bunch of uh you get a bunch of uh you know, super deep music fans. Again, this idea of, uh, of sitting, uh, you know, after, after the dinner party is over and the, and the men retire to solve the world's problems in the den and sit in their, their big blood red leather chairs in their smoking jackets with a snifter of brandy. This is the kind of band you would draw up. All right. Uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, back again here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 67, Smarty Pants Metal. Uh, let's take a listen to our third selection and we'll discuss. This is Mastodon with Divinations. <laughs> There you go, Mastodon from a 2009's "Crack the Sky." Um, interesting, smarty pants metal band here. Uh, completely, completely fits this idea um, to a T. Uh, essentially. You know relapse they came out of relapse and relapse core this whole idea of um relapse had a lot of these slide rule hippie math bands like it was super super extreme, you know, hard to get into, impermeable but very proggy or complicated in their playing. You always wonder how the heck di can they even remember all these parts live. Mastodon came out of this thing uh, almost almost from a um almost from uh a a thirst for things more listenable out of relapse and they, they, you know, remission 2002, but the big one was Leviathan. Um, and also these great album covers with uh with this sort of blue and rich Browns theme coming up. But Leviathan was, was considered, you know, a great classic. Then they've kind of became the it band with, uh, with, you know, the likes of blood mountain and crack the sky. They got onto reprise. Um, so, you know, onto the, the onto the minor rungs of major labels but essentially and you know and they've they've been prolific they've kept putting stuff out but their sound is so complicated it's very heavy um but also um Super progressive, lot of weird parts, a lot of weird dissonant um uh you know chord changes and you know, every every fill you get to the end of the fill and you, you know, they may drop a beat, they may add a beat, there they'll be there'll be fusion drumming. That's the big thing. I I think um brand Daler, the drummer um is you know he's he's very entertaining to listen to he's got a very unique sound but um there's so much going on on these records that but they are essentially in this uh, realm of extreme metal made palatable to prog fans by being super super progressive at the same time but i gotta tell you like one thing about this band i i I play this band a lot out when i'm out jogging but i can't play them in the car because if if it's a summer day or whatever semi warm out and you've got the windows down or the sunroof or something and you know if if you're competing sound wise with what's going on um you you can't you can't make out the melodies in it and it's it's funny i remember working at uh, banger films and a, a good buddy of mine ralph chapman we were we were discussing prog you know he's a massive Prague fan and a, and a super smarty pants music fan right um, forget smarty pants metal he's more like smarty pants music um but Super, super knowledgeable guy. And we were discussing and playing some Mastodon. And and he, he had this kind of confused look on his face. It's like, there's no melody. There's nothing to grab onto. And that's a really interesting idea because, um, you know, obviously there is melody all over the place with Mastodon, but it, it's fleeting and it's obscure and it's, it's not repeated over and over. Um, you really have to play these records a lot to, uh, to start to process them and digest them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, completely, uh, this, this band of, again, I, you know, I want to, I want to bring into this, um, concept, this idea of being geniuses, right? Um, musical geniuses, uh, what you, when you play these records, you go, I can't believe they, you know, it seems like they would have to take 10 years between records to get these records out because they're so complicated and really interesting and fresh and neat stuff going on, but it's an inundation of information. Um, So it's, it's pretty impermeable. And I remember, you know, recently, I don't know what even recently means anymore, but um a while back, I saw Mastodon support Judas Priest, you know, in, in Air Canada Centre, in our big hockey barn here in Toronto, and um, it really did go over the heads of everybody because that is not the environment for this. There's there's too many notes. It's too note dense, right? Um, so, you know, you give a band an unforgiving acoustic environment like that, and uh, it's just it's going to sound like a, a big garble of, uh, you know, latter-day instrumental King Crimson, essentially. Um so, so yeah, it's you know, so, so here we go again. Uh, this idea of underrated, you know, but it's it's a band that comes to a lot of people's minds. Oh, Mastodon, they're so underrated, right? Well, I, I think I think they have um, made their bed, and they understand that they can't be bigger than they are. I mean, they're probably incredulous that they were even on, you know, reprise, right? That 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 they rose to any sort of major label status. Obviously, they didn't sell a ton of records; they didn't break massively. But who 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 would think this would break massively, right? Um, but having said that. Metallica got big being super heavy. Slayer got quite, quite big being super heavy and Slipknot got quite big being super heavy. So did Lamb of God, right? Um, so, you know, it's not out of the question, but this is really, really progressive extreme metal is, is what you get with Mastodon. Um, but yes, you know they always talk about all oh, our influences. Oh, we like Thin Lizzy and all this. So, so there is a certain sense of melody. It's it's not Gojira or anything like that, or uh, or Syapus. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's still it's still got just that twinge of accessibility. And certainly, if you're a progressive uh, a progressive rock fan, it's it's got accessibility. But you know, underrated. Um, yeah underrated if you're a crazy music fan and you love you know super genius uh, high-level Einstein music, um, sure, but uh, but not underrated. Uh, you know, I, I think they got about as commercially big as they really deserve out there in the world. Um, but again, you know you you look at the art world and very, very difficult art gets massive, massive, massive and sells for tens of millions of dollars. So why can't super super difficult music? Uh, You know, classical kind of worked that way, right? But why can't super difficult music be seen as amazing, amazing art that has tons and tons of value? It kind of isn't, but I guess I'm just rhetorically posing that question, right? Okay, so our next choice. Um, Take a listen to this. This is Opeth with Heart in Hand. (laughs) All right, that's Opeth from their last album, In Cod of Veninum. Um Opeth is kind of in the same camp as Mastodon, I would say, and certainly not in the same camp as King's X or Big Elf. Um, but yes, very complicated band. Um, they started... Um, same way as mastodon they started more extreme and got less extreme over time but opeth really got less extreme over time like putting aside the death metal vocals and a lot of acoustic stuff a lot of quiet bits um but they actually started as a very kind of impermeable uh super deathy but also uh very progressive band even from the beginning now that now they're just a straight dark progressive rock band um with with quite a bit of heaviness but but Anything dark, so King Crimson, Vandergraft Generator, anything like that, you know, uh there, there's there's a lot of those sort of uh you know, like Mastodon also those those kind of like um off dissonant melodies, spookiness, creepiness, uh to what they do. Um but uh, but yeah, it's it's again. Are they underrated? Again, they're underrated the exact same way Mastodon is underrated. Um, they're they're super slide rule, you know, Einstein geniuses. There's so much to listen to if you're a music fan. But you know, and they've gotten pretty big. I mean, they're a pretty big cult band. Uh, the last time I saw them, they played um, Massey Hall here in Toronto, which is which is our big, um, you know, our our fairly big but distinguished and and kind of most most storied venue here. It's, it's just one of those nice old theaters uh, in Toronto. I think it's got a, about a 2200 capacity, um, to it. Um, so they played there, which is a distinguished place to play. Um, so, so, you know, Opeth with their, with their virtuosity and musicianship deserves a place like that. And they played a place like that. So that's kind of cool. Um, now Michael, Michael Ackerfeld, leader of the band, of course, he's a massive, massive, fan of all things you know old classic rock and and progressive and every every rare album you know he knows about all this stuff and he references them in in you know their song titles and album titles blackwater park master's apprentice uh there's a that you know i think my my arms your hearse is a is a quote from the old creepy Comus album right um but uh but yeah are they overrated? I I really don't think so. I think they got as big as they deserve to be. Um, you know, I wanted to bring up another band in this context, um, and that's Voivod. And and it's funny comparing Voivod and Opeth because Voivod are also a smarty pants metal band, but they're more like the underground subversive hippie 60s uh, you know, uh group uh version of of Opeth. They're they're um they're like a, a little trashier. Obscure singing, um, not recording so perfectly on purpose, uh, a little punkier and more compact to what they do. But they are they are also like you know the new heavy version of Van der Generator, just like Opeth is essentially. Um, so they they do belong in the same same camp. But it's almost like Opeth is trying to do it a little more uh, high fidelity and studied and plush and upscale. While voivod wants to hang on to their thrashy roots uh, a little more in what they do but but yeah, I could have included them in this as well, but both bands have made their bed and basically you know they they aren't you know expected to be much bigger uh than they are um okay, so let's move on our last entry here on history and five songs with martin Popoff of course that's me uh is. Clutch and let's uh, take a listen. This is X-ray Visions. Alright, so for my last choice, I wanted to pick uh, the band I've probably played the most in the last 20 years, other than The Damned. Probably The Clutch and The Damned I've played the most in the last 20 years. So. Um This is off of 2015's uh, Psychic Warfare. I just love all these Clutch albums. I play them to death. Unfortunately, Book of Bad Decisions is probably my least favorite Clutch album of the last seven. Um, I think they kind of went overboard with the production and the bluesiness. um, And just the the kind of, well, smarminess, right? Just the self-awareness. Just almost like getting too big for their britches. Riches is a term that uh, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Clutch, uh, Clutch could appreciate. It seems like something that should be in their, in their, um, (laughs) in their lyrics somewhere. Um, But anyways, so Clutch uh, is a little bit different from every example here, actually. Um, I definitely, definitely consider them smarty pants metal. Here, here's why, here's the main reason. So number one, um, lyrically, I think, yeah, Neil is is probably one of my favorite lyricists in the world. I've always said this. Uh, you know, it's him. It's the army of lyricists of the Blue Oyster Cult, and it's Pi Dubois Bois from Max Webster, and it's Captain Beefheart. Those are my four favorite lyricists in the world. Um, So basically, so they're they're the most, you know, their stories are very colorful and interesting. And if you're a deep music fan and there's this, you know, Southern Americana feel to it and Wild West feel to it and all this um, conspiracy theories, um, it's just it's just cool. Right. It's it's cool, cool wordsmithing and if you are a music snob you can appreciate what neil's doing he's working hard right he's putting a lot of effort into entertaining us uh but entertaining people who uh you know who are rich consumers of art of all sorts right so that's kind of a cool thing right there musically again very cool band very unique band. Uh, a lot of blues, a lot of metal, kind of a stoner rock thing going on, but also really great playing. And and again, I point to the drummer. I love JP Gaster's, you know, the idea of having that small kit, but playing the heck out of it. Um, great productions, uh, a lot going on. Um, and Again, a kind of music where they they've carved the space for themselves that nobody else really fits in. You know, I I vaguely do call it beard pulling music because it it does. You know, there there are other bands like um you know you could go down the rabbit hole towards like Nashville Pussy and Hammerlock and all that, but but no, Clutch is kind of on their own. Um, in this uh and you know, they remind me of the band uh, a bit as well. Bob Dylan's the band in or Ccr of being of being timeless uh, they They sound like a band that could have come out of the civil civil War era. put it that way um, but um so so they are super unique, and music fans could love them um, you know because of their uniqueness, but also here's here's another thing these other bands don't have this this deep appreciation and ability to play the blues. Uh, Everybody in the band, uh, including the vocalist who's a shouty vocalist, but he can be very bluesy at times as well, but especially JP Gaster as well and just and just the architecture of the songs. So, you know, you know, smarty pants fans of music love the blues right the blues is the most authentic thing in the world blah 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 clutch is like that i was even going to include them and i probably still will if i do an episode of this blues made interesting for metalheads moving on in time clutch clutch has always been one of those that fits for me in that so um so yeah that the uniqueness the lyrics um This is pretty accessible stuff. I feel they are, um, I, I don't feel they're, they're particularly underrated because they've gotten to be a pretty darn big band. I guess they can't be really bigger than they are because they are pretty heavy and they do have shouty vocals. It's, it's not a particularly sonorous melodious voice out of Neil. Um, he's a little bit, almost like a little bit of a hardcore vocalist at times, right? Um so you know they've gotten pretty big people love them a lot of people love them i mean when they go on tour they they attract pretty big crowds so you know are they underrated i don't know if they're too terribly terribly underrated but yes i i could see this band being a band that possibly could have sold you know double triple quadruple the records that they have you know maybe been a little bit more of a a ZZ top kind of situation success wise um but yeah there you go so there are there are basically five bands that I've always had in this idea of smarty pants metal. And I think you've got two pairs, King's X and Big Elf, and you've got Mastodon and Opeth as a pair. And then you've got Clutch as a slightly different thing. Um, but I think they all fit this uh, for different reasons. Um, so let's wrap it up there. So that's it for this episode. If you liked this show and want to support future episodes, please head over to Kofi, rhymes with no fee, um, you guys have been really good. Um, uh, yeah. Kofi com and hit that red support button, buy me a coffee or a pint. It's a, uh, you know, they have the standard sort of $3 thing going there. Um, and on that, uh, on that, uh, subject, I do want to thank, uh, Augustin Garcia, de Paredes, Kevin Latham, Blaze Barshaw, Andy, um, with two E's, Bruce Campbell, Robbie Yates and Brent Bolden, um, for supporting the show. Um, Martinpopoff.com, of course, for all your book needs. The Limelight is selling like crazy. Limelight Rush in the 80s. Packing up, signing and packing up a lot of those. Uh, I am um, including both a Limelight and an Anthem bookmark in any book orders for those two books or anything else you want to order, frankly. for the next little while until they run out um so yeah you can head over to MartinPopoff.com. there are paypal buttons for everything uh that's it let's wrap this up i hope i didn't offend anybody with uh, this idea of smarty pants metal because i absolutely worship all of these bands i love 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 these bands so it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek calling these people this but these people can take it because they are musical geniuses at R&R Archaeology.